All right, so I'm going to open this message um, with a wonderful text from Romans 8.15. It's one of my most favorite scriptures uh, in, in the whole Bible, and this is what it says. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of divine adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. What a beautiful promise. The spirit, not the spirit of fear or bondage, but we have received the, the spirit of divine adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Or another translation says, Daddy, Daddy. Um, some of you, that's hard to say, but let's just say, Abba, Father, I love it. Well, I tell you why I love this promise, because to me, and, if, and for you, it is as good as a signed document from heaven of our true identity and our rights as a child of God the Father. It's a signed document. And heaven has the paperwork signed for your legal adoption today. Heaven. Heaven has it. And as we go through this message, you're going to discover how we actually um, have that paper signed. It's wonderful. So let me just say this. Without this great promise, without this great sealed agreement that the Father has given, my life, my personal life, would be extremely different. And this revelation comes from the heart of a young girl, me, searching for her daddy. And so up here, you're going to see a picture of me, hopefully. <laughs> and this is the poem that accompanies this little girl. In the garden, shy, timid, and unsure. Unsure of what? She doesn't know. Something is missing. Is it someone? She looks out the gate, through the window, down the road, behind the door. She is looking for him, but he is not there. His voice, his laughter, his hand on the watery womb is silent now, for he sleeps in the earth. Daddy sleeps. Well, I was born Christine Ann Cruikshank on the 6th of March, 1953, to Wilhelmina and Jock. But a shadow hung over my birth. My father was ill and due for a minor operation, but in a blur of tragic medical events, at aged 42, he died unexpectedly in the hospital due to post-operative complications, leaving my mum at 40, widowed alone with the task of raising a newborn baby and a toddler, my sister Helen. I was three months to the day. It was the 6th of June, 1953. And my mum always used to tell me that it's a day she'll never forget because it was the day that Queen Elizabeth was a coronated, and it was the day Sir Edmund Hillary conquered Everest. So <laughs> anyway, mum was a stoic, responsible, but detached, affectionately woman. And my heart yearned for this missing person. So believe it or not, but I know some of you will believe it, my dad lived in my imagination. At primary school, I was very shy and insecure, and I often tried to run away from school and I lied to my friends and said when they asked me who, where my father was because they'd never seen him I lied and I said my dad was a policeman who was always away <laughs> it's pretty scary isn't it but anyway but my teacher in primary school 
uh, told my mum that I was a remedial learner and worked with me in the lunch hour and sometimes after school to help me, to coach me, I suppose. Miss Harris was her name, and she remains a hero of mine as she believed in me until I had the breakthroughs in maths, reading, and spelling. So hats off to every teacher who sees beyond the problem in a child who's having learning difficulties and believes in them. In fact, she, she was so thrilled with my breakthrough. It's amazing what love will do. Love will bring breakthroughs. You can never not love enough. And she was so thrilled with my breakthrough because then I started to learn normally. She invited myself and mum and my sister to her wedding in Hastings in New Zealand. And I'll never forget that. So that was pretty special. So anyway, as I grew older, asking about dad became a no-no. So I was given to sneaking around my older cousins to ask about Uncle Jock. I discovered that he was fun Musical, affectionate, and very cheeky. Uh, who does that sound like? <laughs> Must be that naughty Scottish blood. Well, he too was fatherless, born illegitimately to his mother, Fanny, who when he was just a wee lad of two, emigrated to Canada on a boat. He was raised in Aberdeen by his grandparents, after which he emigrated with an aunt and uncle, an older aunt and uncle, to New Zealand. Uh, when he was a young man, and that was where he met mum. My deep search for him and truth was sort of like God and my dad. It sort of started to mingle in together. Took me into the realm of seances where I desperately tried to communicate in the spirit world to find him. But I do believe, I do believe that through all my life, God's love was protecting me and he heard my desperate cries even when I was in deep darkness. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5 declares this, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And Deuteronomy 4.29 says this, But if from there, in your distress, you seek the Lord your God, you will find him if you seek for him with all your heart and with all your soul. I mean, I truly believe, you see, the Bible does say, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So even though we might be in the wrong realm, the love of God hears the, it's a heartbeat. It's, it might, for some, it might be a, a funny, you know, kind of a, you know, a mantra medication, uh, medication, <laughs> literally, med, medic, meditation. But if that heart of that man or that woman is truly seeking for truth, I believe that that prayer gets through all the, all the, all the static of darkness and reaches the throne of God. Jeremiah 29, 13 declares this, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Isn't that beautiful? There's so, all these scriptures are very similar, but I wanted to share them with you because I know it's gonna help somebody today. Psalm 18, verse six says this, in my distress, again, in my distress, I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. From his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. How marvelous is that? I'm going somewhere with this. So I believe that that ache that I'd also been searching for is not just my own personal ache. And that ache that is a kind of a cry throughout humanity is seen by our Heavenly Father. 
and I know that I'm not alone because God, because there are many of us, I've, I've talked to so many people, tell me about your dad. Uh, one very close friend, she said, I had the most marvelous dad, terrific dad. But she said, even with uh, my, my awesome dad, great family, I yearn for something deeper. And she said, it wasn't until I became a Christian and I met my heavenly father that I realized, that's great, I have two amazing dads. So whether you have your experience has been an awesome dad, and many of you are here today, or really awful dads, and some of you are here today shaking your head, or absent dads, or like myself, a deceased dad, the great, good, and kind Heavenly Father sees each one of us today. I love this promise to those of us who are fatherless in Psalm 68, 5. I will be a father to the fatherless. Isn't that beautiful? So in the peak of this search for truth, I found myself in a small church, which I won't go into the details of our testimony today, but in that small church on the 8th of August, 1971, we found Christ. Friends, that was 46 years ago on the 8th of August this year. In this, in this moment, in this incredible encounter, through the cross of Jesus, I began to realize that my answer to be loved by the Father was, guess what? Found in Jesus. I'd searched through Eastern religion, drugs, tripping, magic mushrooms, yoga, strange positions, oming and ahhing. But I'd never, I was, the, to, to find this elusive figure of father eluded me. But that night when I received Jesus, all sorts of things started to, the dominoes started to come into place. Because my sins or our sins separate us from relationship with God, the father. And Jesus took that on my behalf and your behalf so that we could be reconciled to both Jesus and the Heavenly Father. How marvelous! I think that's something to praise God for. I think you should put your hands together and say, wow. In fact, I found this out in a personal experience just maybe two or three weeks after I became a Christian. I was praying by myself, right? So Phil had gone somewhere. Um, I think he'd gone to a prayer meeting and I had never prayed by myself. You know, like I prayed in church, I prayed with Phil, prayed with, you know, the new Christians counselors and all that, prayed in the prayer meeting with everybody else. But this was like, oh, this was really like scary first time. And so I was in, I was in the room, I shut the door and I didn't know what to pray because, you know, when you don't pray, you don't know how to pray. But I remembered oh, every day in high school, uh, in assembly, it was just a public high school actually, strangely, I had no idea why this happened, but anyway, every morning we would say the Lord's Prayer, and I can remember we used to make up naughty names and words, because we had no idea what it meant, and you see, well, you don't know, prayer, God, Jesus, makes no sense until Christ is in our life, so I'm in that room, and I started to say, Heavenly Father, our Father in Heaven, and then I thought, oh, oh, what if I was to say, my father. Because understand this, of course, I'd never ever called anybody father in my life. I was 18. I'd never, I had uncle this, uncle Jim, 
Uncle Bob, you know, but I'd never, ever called anybody my dad. And so I thought, I'll give it a go. And as I said the words, my father, I, it was like the ceiling disappeared and buckets and buckets of golden love and rays of Holy Spirit came down on me. I'm a very visual person, so God knows that. He knows what we need. And I was just, I was already baptized with the Holy Spirit, and I started crying and thanking Jesus and saying, Daddy, Father, because it had never, it had just poured out of me. And I realized at that moment that the Holy Spirit illuminates Jesus. Jesus illuminates the Father. The Father illuminates and validates the Son. And Jesus, of course, in a, a recent message, I shared how that Jesus said about the Holy Spirit, it's to your advantage, like now on earth, that I go away so that I can send you the Holy Spirit. So it's just the most wonderful thing. And that was the beginning of the revelation that I realized that I was now forgiven and accepted in the beloved, that I could have relationship with the Father because Jesus was in my life, that Jesus had taken away that, that separation. And what was that separation, friends? It was sin. I was a sinner. I was a good sinner. I was a bad sinner. I was a sinner sinner. And <laughs> I was a sinner sinner. And But through salvation in Christ... We are embraced by the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. How marvelous. Ephesians, this is the most wonderful promise. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 2 to 8. I think it's all of them, but anyway, here's the bits that I've taken out from Scripture. Paul had that clear revelation. And just remember that he, his experience of salvation was like yours and mine. It was after Christ. Like Christ appeared to him in a vision. So Christ had already returned to glory when Paul's experience uh, on, on the road to Damascus happened to him. So his revelation of the connection between relationship with the Father and with Jesus Christ was very, very clear through his experience of the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And this is what he says here. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Verse 5, in love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will, this is the Father, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given to us in the one he loves. So, I'll just keep reading it. In him, in Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of his grace, which he has lavished on us. So praise God, the unfolding um, revelation and knowledge that we are loved by the Heavenly Father is secured as we draw close to Jesus. Remember Jesus said, um, remember the disciples said to Jesus, uh, show us the Father? And Jesus said to them, what do you mean? If you see me, you see the Father. I, the Father is in me and I am in him. So just do what I ask you to do and the Father will draw close to you. 
So can I have the musicians to come back now? This Father's Day, we are giving thanks to our Father in heaven for his love offered freely to us in Jesus Christ. Often, I've got here sometimes, but actually it's more than that, I am asked uh, how I survived. In fact, I was asked on Friday night by the youth girls <laughs> how I have survived in ministry or being a Christian all these years. And it's simply clear to me. I was lost and Jesus found me. I was stumbling home towards the Father's house with nothing to offer but my filthy sins. When I should have been punished, I was embraced and accepted, loved and healed, delivered and set free. The prodigal daughter was welcomed home. That little lost girl is a found woman today. Here I am. <laughs> my story has been rewritten through the saving grace of Jesus Christ who's revealed to me my wonderful Abba Father. And so I say this prayer, Abba Father, I lift my prayer to you. For you are good, kind and loving. Your eyes saw me, you heard my heart. You took my filthy clothes. We can have the keyboardist, that'd be lovely. You took my filthy clothes and gave me a garment of praise. I am here in your house, home with you. This is why I'm here. I'm home just as you can be welcomed home today. And I want to just close with this wonderful scripture before we come a, around a time of prayer. In Luke 15, 20, it's talking about the prodigal son. Being away, squandered it all. Was a very good, bad sinner like I was. And the Bible says this, and it's a picture of how the father waits for us. He, 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 he negotiates circumstances and sometimes they're bad circumstances, but his hand is over it. Like I look back over my life, I think, oh, I could have died then. Oh, I could have made a really bad decision there. Oh, I did make a really bad decision there and I'm going to pay for it all my life. But then the Father's love is so big because he's not just, he's not a cuddly father. He is our heavenly, He is a cuddly Father, but He is God. He is God, our heavenly Father. He is big. He is powerful. He is able to wipe out darkness as we've been singing through the, son of, through the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, who He sent to defeat darkness. So He's not afraid. He's not afraid of our past. None of our sins upset Him because what He's going to do is He's going to put Jesus in front of us and we're going to have opportunity to receive the Son and receive forgiveness and cleansing. And though our sins be as scarlet, they will be as white as snow through Jesus Christ. So listen to this wonderful scripture. But when he, the prodigal, was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son and his daughter threw his arms around them and kissed them. How beautiful is that? So let's close our eyes today. Thank you, Heavenly Father. You know what, church? Whenever I think I'm not good enough, I haven't done enough, don't measure up enough, I look up. And there at the end of the road, <laughs> I see the Father standing, smiling at me 
And He stands waiting for each of us to know that we can come home, approach Him and be accepted through receiving the Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Heavenly Father, today. Thank you that you have made a way for us to come home through sending your only beloved, begotten Son, Jesus Christ. As we receive him, oh, darkness flees, the lights turn on, the blessing and the glow from heaven pours down on us, fresh anointing, forgiveness, healing, freedom. So today, I pray, Lord, for everyone here. And let me ask you this question. You could be here. And you've never experienced the love of the Father. Like me, you were never able to say or pray that prayer from your heart, our Father in heaven. And I, it's simply the reason is this, that we need to receive the Son first. He's our advocate. And when we receive the Son and we're forgiven, we can approach God, the Father, and know His love, know His embrace, know His strength, know that we have been divinely adopted, divinely adopted. Oh, I love that scripture, divinely adopted. We realize that we have no longer received the spirit of fear or bondage, again to fear, but we receive the spirit of a divine adoption, whereby we cry, Abba Father.